Welcome to Milkshake Monday, episode 133. I'm Anita Helm. I am the wife of Reverend William Helm, and it's the 27th anniversary of Resurrection Baptist Church and my husband's 6th anniversary. Happy anniversary, husband. So tonight, we're going to talk about something that the Lord laid on my heart, because a lot of people are going through depression and despair because they are what they feel trapped or imprisoned in their own homes or some people are actually in prison but in a situation for a lot of people watching through their phones or whatever media they're listening to or looking at they are feeling as though they're tired of this pandemic they want to get out they want to be free to go and do what they want and some people feel like they're trapped because they're at the house that they or apartment or wherever they're living and they're by themselves and even some people who have people in the home they still feel lonely they don't feel connected there are some people that are frustrated with the very people that they've shacked up with or they found themselves unequally yoked with they just are not happy with those relationships even the children the children are getting on people's nerves not just because of homework or the kids are stir crazy it's because you're seeing the folly of trying to raise God's children, his heritage, without God's direction or what he is said to do to drive out the folly. You've made up your own rules and it's not working out. And it's been a year almost of seeing what it, the fruits of what you have done versus what God has asked you to do. So tonight is an opportunity. When I first heard the Lord share about this teaching, our mighty God even in prison, my mind was going totally one direction and the Holy Spirit had to give me some broader understanding to the point I was so excited about sharing some things with you tonight. Initially, it was going to be about four characters in, the, in a prison, but the Holy Spirit let me know that the reality is a lot of us could find ourselves entrapped and in a prison of our own making and sometimes not of our own circumstances. And the places that we find ourselves in are always behind physical bars of a prison. It could be your health. It could be your sanity or your lack thereof. It could be things in your life that are just off the rail and you just feel trapped. You can't get out of that body that doesn't feel well. You can't get out of those finances that don't feel well. You can't get out of that relationship, that job, that habit. You can't get out of the physical prison. There's so many things that you could be trapped with. So I want to let you know, I'm going to give you the answer to the teaching so that if you're just running through this really fast, I want you to understand our God is so mighty that there is no circumstance that you could be in that he is not already aware of and that he does not have the power and the might and the grace to see you through. Now, I'm going to tell you all a few things. We're going to go through several characters. In the 30-some minute teaching, I'm not able to go through every scripture for every character that the Lord put on my heart, but I will try to touch on them. And it's going to be your assignment to take the time while you say you're, you're in prison. You don't have any place to go. You, you can't go do what you want. Let this be an opportunity for the Lord to show you his mighty and miraculous ways that he can share in the 66 books of the Bible that the Holy Spirit put these lessons for us, these learning opportunities for us to show some things. And here's just 10 things that I want you to think about when you start to complain of how messed up your existence is. 
how you're feeling frustrated and pissed off and angry and just can't stand it anymore. You can't take, they say April, then they say July. You just can't take it. Calm down. I'm going to tell you 10 things about God. I'm going to make it simple so anybody, even your kids can understand this. That in the midst of what you find that you're trapped in, I don't care if it's a little thing or a giant thing. I want you to know these 10 things because we're going to walk through some of these scenarios and I want you to find yourself. I don't know what's going on in your house. You can put on the biggest smile for me and, and be the fakest person in the world thinking all your life is great. But Anita doesn't know, but the Lord God does. The Almighty God knows what's going on behind those doors, behind those cars, behind those closets of what we're hiding from me. But God sees. But God wants you to understand that in the midst of whatever prison you think you have, whether it's addiction, whatever you think you have, that you cannot overcome the bars of the captivity. God wants you to know these things. So write this down. He wants you to know and recognize, and we're going to see these in the scripture, that for those who call upon his name as Savior and Lord, not play game, not play acting, but those who really trust God and believe God, God's favor goes before you, even in the midst of you being in a situation, in a bad situation, in a situation that you even find yourself potentially at the loss of your own life, God's favor. Number two, God can allow the release and liberty of you in this captive state at any point in time that he wants you to have it. There may be some lessons that you need to understand about this captivity, about this imprisonment, about this bondage, about that circumstance of your life that you just feel like you're trapped. He can release and allow you liberty at any point in time. He's got that kind of might and power. There are times, even in the midst of what's going on in this situation in your life, that God recognizes that you have questions, and you are questioning even him, even his power. God's not angry about your questioning, but he wants you to understand the only answers that you're going to get that are from him are going to be through that scripture, through prayer and meditation of his word and letting the Holy Spirit and the things that he orchestrates to give you the answers to these questions. He also will allow you to have restoration. There are some fouled up things that you've gotten going on in your life, but the Lord can allow you to be restored. I'm a living witness of it. You may say, Sister Helm, you don't know what it is to not have this. You don't know how it is to feel trapped. You don't know how it is to have a bad relationship with this. Girl, God, y'all don't know. God has allowed me to be restored through the Holy Spirit, through the things of God, through the mercy of God, through the favor of God. So don't get it twisted. We will have the opportunity, even in the midst of whatever's going on in our life, for us to profess the truth of God's word. It may hurt. It may feel awful. Whatever you got going through, that you're going through, but God will allow you to even speak the word of truth and love, and share while your guts are wrenching and whatever's going, but somebody will, God will put in your path and you'll be able to share his truth. You will have the ability to witness. You will have the ability to receive yourself salvation and share the salvation to others. So you say, what's the difference between truth? 
Truth is all in the word of God. What little you may remember from your young days in Sunday school or your young days in, in whatever training you have or what you may have got as a seed, in the midst of your crisis, you may be able to share that seed that somebody has never heard. Somebody who's on their last leg, they never heard that, that there's a God that loves them. That there's a God that's mighty and there's a God that has grace and there's a God that's allowed his son. You may have that proclamation of truth. So what's that difference in witnessing? Yes, you speak the truth. You have to witness the word of God. You've got to share the truth about what it means to sin, what it means to actually repent of your sins, what it means to ask for the forgiveness that only God can give. You are giving a witness, but the testimony is in what he's doing for you and what he's done for you and what you hope that he'll do the next day. It's proclamation of truth. It's a witness. And it's just ultimately to ask God to seek and save that which is lost. Yourself who may be in the pit. Yourself who may have kind of run away from God. Yourself who may need to turn around and face him. But also that person that's along with you. Share the gospel. If you really love these people in that trapped in the house with you, how are you not going to tell them about what you know to be true? Which is God loves them. Even though y'all may be in some situations. God loves us enough to get us out. Also, praise and worship. How is it that you're trapped in a house for almost a year and there's no praise and there's no worship coming out of your lips? Other than you get a lotto ticket or the check comes in for the stimulus or you find out that your show is coming on. Have praise and worship for God even in the midst of this, what's going on. Even in the midst of your trial and your in, in what you think is in being in prison. What you think is horrible, there's always something worse for somebody else. And you have to keep in mind that you are being blessed to at least know that there's a way and an exit. God has miracles even in the midst of whatever you think you're trapped in and you're in prison in. So those are the 10 that I wanted to share with you. Because as I start to talk about these characters in the Bible, these people in the Bible, I can tell you I'm not a preacher. I am I'm, I'm honest about that every week. Reverend Elm. Reverend Watts, Reverend Scott, praise God for your anniversary and recognition. The reality is God shows me through the Holy Spirit things the way he, he gives it to Anita. I'm accountable for the teaching. So that's why I spend more time in the word of God and not just my opinions. But I'm telling you, he showed me some things tonight, y'all, and I'm excited to tell you. Now, most people may know these stories, right? I know y'all do. But I'm going to tell you how God showed me some things that I wasn't even aware of. Let's go to Joseph. Joseph is, is one that we all know. Joseph had a situation where he was in prison out of a lie. But I want y'all to go to Joseph chapter, I mean, excuse me, Genesis chapter 39 verses 19 through 21. And what we have to recognize is that even in the midst of the lie that got him into prison, Joseph did not complain. Joseph found himself in prison, falsely accused. Look at Genesis chapter 19, verse 21. He says he's in prison, but it says the Lord was with Joseph in prison. It said that he showed him favor. Some translations said he was faithful in love and the Lord made Joseph a favor with the prison warden. Even to the point the prison warden put him in charge and didn't have to worry about anything else. Now, Samson, y'all have heard about the story. I, I can't tell y'all all the scriptures because I'm short on time. Samson out of Judges 16 verses 21, Samson messed up. He got his focus off on the ladies as some people do. We messed up. 
The thing about Samson is that God showed restoration. He got his eyes poked out. Even in the midst of some of the things that happened to each and every one of us, we can lose some things. We can lose sight. We can lose physical ability. We can lose our homes. We can lose a lot of things, relationships. But God, if you go back and repent, he has the ability to restore. Even in, that's what you'll see in the story of Samson. Now, I am purposely having those just as talking points because I want to go to one that God showed me last night. And the reality is, I was thinking prison bars. I wasn't thinking of prison and the thing that some people have in their mindset prisons. And when you get your back up against the wall with your finances, with the relationships, whatever's going on, I want y'all to hear this thing. In the midst of these things, you can find yourself, and we're going to Lot, and you say, why would you go to Genesis 19, verses 6 through 10? Y'all got to write it down and look at it later. Lot found himself, he said, where did you see he was in prison? In his own home, he had a surrounding of all these guys that wanted to have sex with the angels. He was in prison and trapped in his own house. He came out of the door and he was trying to negotiate to tell them, hey, you don't want these, these two guys, which are angels, angelic forces. And you know that they were there on, a, on a, a mission from God because of the corruption that was going on that had reached the nostrils of God. And he got himself so backed up in the corner that he was trying to figure it out on his own. That's what some of us do. But Lot found himself offering up his daughters, his virgin daughters, to be gang raped. In bad situations where you feel you're trapped, you will allow your flesh to try to figure things out, which are ungodly solutions. But look what happened. The angels grabbed Lot back into the house to bring him into protection. And he, they smoked those guys and they were blind, walking around, young and old. We got to be careful that when we get ourselves in situations where we feel trapped, don't do things that are outside the will of God because you're trying to figure out things that are not of God. Can you imagine letting your daughters be gang raped or killed? But he, just, he didn't think he had another way out. He was just thinking, on, what can I do? What can I do? Let me offer up something. And that's what we do when we get stressed. Here's another one that God had to show me. The widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17, verses 10 through 13. Elijah came and God already said, I've prepared a widow. Now, this widow was in a situation where she was trapped with her finances. She was trapped with her marital situation where her husband is dead. She's a widow. She don't have enough money. She's struggling. She's in despair. And she's lost all hope and thinks her last meal will be what she and her, her son are going to die. She ain't got no a big son that can go work. She's got a young lad. And she's at the point of despair as a single mother at this point. She's a widow, but she's a single mother. And she comes across and she meets the prophet. And she's going to get in some water. But then he asks for something that is beyond what she thinks she can give. And some of us think, I can't give that offering because I won't have enough. Like she says, I won't have. I'm at the bottom of the jar. But the promises that you read in the scripture, as you got to go there, is that get, the, get that little bit of what you think you have. Make me a cake. And God has promised that you're going to have plenty. And the oil ain't going to run dry. Now, she had to be in a situation where she thought she was so backed in a corner. This They can't possibly understand what's happening with me. Just like you feel. Nobody really understands what's happening with me. My lack. 
My, they don't understand. I'm in a fix. I'm by myself. That's a lie of the devil. You're never by yourself when you got God. And I got my kid. How am I going to take care of my kid? I'm just going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. And then somebody comes in your path and then you have to step out in faith. This woman didn't know faith. And here this man of God, that she don't even know that man's God, is saying, I need you to do this act of faith because God sent me here. And some of y'all got people being sent in your path, but you're so afraid and you're so hopeless. And God is trying to say, with me, I can do great miracles. I can do great things. Even when you lack, I don't have a lack. All right, we keep it going because I know y'all got short temperaments and short abilities and attention span. Most of us know about Paul and Silas in prison. And you've heard the story. But the part about them praising and worship. Now they've been sent to prison, shackled. Nobody wants to lose their liberty. But even in the midst of y'all being in your houses or your apartments or wherever you are, in a room, in a shelter, there's no excuse for why you cannot find yourself praising God. Because there's 500,000 people as of today that we're memorializing that are not here because of the pandemic or because of whatever's going on with this disease. And you're awake to hear this and to see this. And that's something to say, praise God. Thank you for another day. Thank you for this piece of bread. It may not be the bread you want. It may not be the cheese you want. It may not be the peanut butter you want. But praise God, you have what you have today. And thank God. And God tells us, don't be worried about tomorrow. There's enough problems. Just take care of what's going on today and thank him for today. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Well, guess what? If you're still living, you got breath. There's no excuse for why you're not praising the Lord. And God is expecting you, even in the midst of you feeling like you're trapped in your house, you trapped in prison, you trapped in your situation and your circumstances. He's saying, all praise belongs to me. All praise belongs to me. Not your paycheck, not the stimulus check, not your boo, not all that. All praise belongs to God. And what you see in Acts chapter 16, verse 22 through 40, is you see men that are in prison with chains on them, that are in the inner room of the prison and being told by everybody. I mean, the guards are told, you can't let them go. And God can find a release even in the midst of you being in prison. You see the story. An earthquake came and them chains are gone. And the jailer was going to commit suicide because he thought, of, they said, do yourself no harm. You got to read the scripture. You got to read the truth so you can have that truth in you. So when Satan comes to try to beat you up to say, oh, you trapped. Nobody cares. Nobody can do anything for you. You said, no, 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 no. God is mighty even in the prison of your circumstance. Another situation was Paul again in prison. He got released out of prison. But he found himself in Acts 21, he's arrested again. But I want y'all to see something, even in the midst of him being arrested again. If you know anything about Paul, Paul was arrested and found himself writing to the churches still, still proclaiming Christ, still sharing about place to place. Even to the people that were his jailers, they let him run free. They let him have access and liberty, even though he was supposed to be on house arrest. And they were getting saved. People that were supposed to be having him watching him, make sure that he don't go and he's prisoner, they were getting saved. God can let you actually share the message of, of the gospel to the people around you to the point that they're going to be saved. You just saw the jailer got saved in the previous scripture and now he's he's up and he's getting ready to have this sermon and he tells a crowd that got all, that's shouting to him, kill him. Now most of us, if somebody say kill us, 
We are not going to be focused on giving no sermonette about Jesus. That's the last thing we're going to talk about is somebody saying, oh, you need to kill Anita. You need to put a bullet in her head. You need to stab her. That's not, oh, oh, let me share about the good news of God. Y'all be real. Y'all know that's not going to be. But Paul found himself silencing the crowd and he proceeds to talk about the message of Jesus Christ. God can even take where you think that you're trapped and in prison and in a bad fix. God can make a way for you to be a witness and testify of the good news of Christ Jesus and salvation. And people will get saved. Where you want to complain and cry and belly ache and pity party, God is saying, stop it and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And stop complaining because really you're complaining against God. You're not complaining about, oh, what, what the past administration did, what they didn't do. You complain that why did God allow this to happen to you? Why are you in the fix? The last thing and the last place that I want to talk about, I want to make it easy because y'all, you know, maybe 30, few, 30 minutes is too much. I'm making it easy for you. You don't want to be at this one place of imprisonment and that's hell. If you get to hell, you ain't getting out of hell. I'm trying to share you with you the message of God's word so you don't find yourself in the prison of hell where God has a mighty act and God will judge your life and my life. And he's saying, I'm giving you a choice in all the life from the birth date to the death date and all that dash in between. I'm giving you the choice to recognize that no matter if you feel like you're in some situation that you're entrapped or you're in prison, he's saying, I don't care whatever's going on because I've already known I can overcome it all. But what you have to make a decision tonight is that you are either going to accept my son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and your Savior to overcome whatever you feel is your entrapped situation. Or you're going to reject him. If you choose to reject him, then there is a prison in hell that you will never be able to escape. You will never have his mighty hand to come and deliver you because he says, I've delivered you. I have given you my only begotten son. And he has taken on all of the burdens, all of the cares of this world that have got you so focused to cause you to sin and sin against his holiness and his righteousness. And he recognizes all of our dirt, all of the crap that's in our closet. He says, I have sent my son. His whole purpose was to seek and to save that which was lost. But the reality is, if you want to be so focused on this temporary this temporary, y'all. This is temporary. Some of us may live to see us get out of this pandemic, global pandemic. But some of us, if we don't, we don't want to find ourselves in the lake of fire with Satan where there is no exit sign. And he says the only way that you will have the freedom and the mercy to know the love of God and the grace of God is now. For you to make choices now. Even those people that say they love God, but they know they're doing some stuff. You need to come back to God and ask him to forgive you. And you need to start getting on the path to start embracing his favor and embracing these things that he has in the midst of this time. This time now, because people are going away from here quick and in a hurry. And if they don't go and they know Christ, then they're going to find themselves trapped in a place that there is no doors and no exit signs. Now, 
I know, depending on what week you come and listen to Milkshake Monday, it's thick and it's heavy. But tonight, I'm making it shorter because I want you to take the time to go back to the scriptures and read about the circumstances of these individual people that the Holy Spirit saw fit for all of us to learn and to read about. Because they're not just stories. When you see the widow, you've been in lack. You felt like you don't have enough coming in, more outcome than coming income. You got to understand, God has put that to show you he will make a way out of no way. You felt trapped and you're making bad decisions like Lot, even decisions that are destructive to your household and your family. But God can snatch you back before you do something that's so catastrophic to your family. But that's the Lord. That's how he is. He can see that you screwed up like Samson, but then in the midst of you restoring and going through your eyes gouge out and being made fun of, he will allow his spirit to come about you and give you the strength that it wasn't about the hair. It was about the relationship. He can give you the opportunity like Paul, who was going the wrong direction until the Damascus Road, and then he finds himself being harmed and injured and beaten and imprisoned, but he still finds himself praising and worshiping God. This ain't about being churchy. This is about being sincere about the relationship of who Jesus Christ is to you. I had a cousin. I have a cousin. Found out that he was in the hospital. And I won't say names. I have a cousin. And for decades now, no interest in the Lord. But I always say to him or to anybody else, while you're in that hospital room with your face up to the ceiling with the doctor saying, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to try this test. If it's tonight for any of us, and this is the last night that we're going to be on this natural plane, are you ready to see God and to give an account of your life? Because if you're giving your account of your life and you're going to brag and say all that you did and all that you were and your biography and how great you were, and you don't say, I was unrighteous. And but for the grace of God that your son came and gave his life for me, I would be destined to hell. But thank God that your son loved me enough and I love your son and I receive your son and I accept your son and I ask for forgiveness of my sins and I've been a work of progress all that natural life but here I'm before you and I ask you to see me through your son Jesus Christ. And Christ says to his father, that's my child. If you're not ready to understand that that's the only position that any of us, when this natural breath of life is gone, if we don't go before the Lord and say we accepted his son, not play acting, not putting games on, but really accepted him. And in the midst of your crisis, you weren't found complaining, but you were found calling on his name, crying before him, asking for his help. This is no time to play. Our God is mighty and great, even in the midst of whatever prison and entrapment you think you got going on, whatever circumstance you think you got on, got going on. Our God is an awesome God. He's mighty. He's wonderful. And he has said to us, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, it's his gift. He's ready for you to take it, open it, live it, embrace Christ. 
don't reject him because all of those that reject him have a prison in hell in the lake of fire that they cannot get out. I love you and Lord willing, I'll see you next week. God bless you.